Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And thanks to the help we get from ASE certified technician Dan Burns from Lloyd's Automotive. He will help you through uh, through this hot stuff here. If you have issues with your vehicle, car, truck, van, whatever the case may be, and you want to get some information from Dan before you bring it into your favorite dealer or your favorite shop for some service, uh, Dan can maybe... Uh, uh, it's tough to do a little bit from time to time, right, Dan? Good morning, by the way. Good morning. Uh, to analyze without actually seeing or hooking up a scan tool, you're doing this with a microphone. You know, you, it, after years, so many years of of doing this, you get to uh, you get to learn an awful lot of what people say about their cars. I bet you do. You get a pretty good idea of what's wrong with them. Yeah, I, mean, I have a pretty good idea. I have a pretty good idea of where to start, just based on what people have told me. I'm always amazed, and for the years, how many years you've been doing this? Twenty plus that you, because of your experience, can say, oh, yeah, that particular car has an issue with this or that, and you've seen so many of them. Yeah. That, uh, uh, we, I want to talk to you about uh, air conditioning, uh, it, and because this is, you know, yesterday we had uh, the, the feels-like temps in the triple digits, and we're going to be around 88 today in the 80s, maybe 90 on July 4th. What's typical that can break down on a car's A.C.? Well, first of all, in this kind of heat and weather, uh, this is the this is the hardest season that it is on cars. Used to be that we you know we were busiest in the severe cold weather, yeah, and and, uh, and that's when you know when we saw the most cars. But now it's heat. Heat uh, heat is what eats them up, and uh, it's hard on all of the electrical components, the battery, and yeah, all you, of said, the, you said that before. Batteries yeah, take a beating, in the all heat. of that sort of stuff, and uh, and especially the air conditioning because we ask a lot of our air conditioning right now. And you know, if if it's working at partial capacity, and the weather outside is moderate, you don't notice it. The air, you know, in your opinion, the air conditioning is working just fine. But uh, when it gets to where it is yesterday, especially that that hot south wind was just oppressive. Wow, yeah, <laughs> really was. It didn't Good cool word anything. <laughs> no. But at any rate, it uh, you know when when the air conditioning is is not up completely up to to par, then uh, then uh, a day like yesterday is when you'll see that and when it'll act up. And most commonly, the most common problem by far for air conditioning is that the freon gas, the refrigerant, has leaked out you know, at to some amount and is not at full capacity anymore. And if it's not at full capacity, it won't work as well as it's supposed to. Is that so, easy for you guys to detect the, a leak in the, the system like that? It's easy for me to know if the system is low. We hook it up to our machine. We take all of the refrigerant out of the car, measure it on a scale. I mean, the, you know, the machine does sure, all right. this. We measure it so we know exactly how much we took out. And most of the time, it's less than its than capacity. And then that uh, refrigerant is filtered and put back in and filled back up to, to capacity. And so that's the most common repair. It's easy for me to know if the system was low, of course, because the machine does it for me. Yeah. The trick oftentimes is finding the leak. Yeah. And oftentimes maybe the leak took five years for it to get down just a little bit. 
And if it took five years for it to get down a little bit, we're not going to find that. It's oh. way too slow of a leak and impossible to find. Uh, when we refill it with uh, refrigerant, we put some oil back in the system. And in that oil, we have um, a fluorescent dye. Mm. And so uh, we can use a black light uh, after a period of time and and reinspect the car and see if we find any of that uh, oil that has leaked out. And, you know, we can't see the gas, of course, if that's leaked out, but the oil is what, really what we're oh, looking for. And uh, if we find some oil, then that's, you know, that's how we know where it was, where it's been going out. Wow. Common place for it to leak, <clears throat> connections, you know, where the, where the connections come together. The crimps on the uh, air conditioning hoses is a common place for it to leak. And the air conditioning compressor itself. There's seals in the compressor because the compressor has to turn, of course, and those seals oftentimes leak. Oh. So those are just some common places that we look for leaks. All right. Interesting. Doing a lot of that, uh, folks are, in your business this week. 651-989-9226 or send uh, Dan a text, 81807. Uh, we've got folks on the line. I know we have to break here momentarily, so I want to alert to you folks. Hang on. It's just going to be a minute or so. We're going to come back and answer your uh, your uh, phone questions. But this uh, person sent a text about two hours ago, I think. Uh, this is for Dan Burns. I'm a shade tree mechanic trying to replace brake rotors on a Jeep. They won't come off. Tried WD-40, a blowtorch, no go. How does Lloyd's get them off? <laughs> Takes two of us. Uh, no kidding. One person has a big pry bar, and they get, they get behind the rotor and... and and pry on it, and then the other person smacks on it with a hammer. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Works every time. I've never failed. Uh, <laughs> we always get them off. So, yeah. That's how you guys do yeah. it. All right, there you go. All right, folks on the line, we're going to come right back right away and uh, get your questions answered via the phone. Or, again, if you want to send a text, 81807, we'll pick up on those too. And good morning. Welcome back to CCO's Car Care Show. Denny Long here with Dan Burns from Lloyd's Automotive in St. Paul. You know, I want to grab some uh, callers and texters' uh, questions, Dan. But where are you guys located at Lloyd's? We are at 982 Grand Avenue in St. Paul. You can find us on the web, of course, at lloydsautomotive.net, L-L-O-Y-D-S, lloydsautomotive.net, or give us a call. We're working this morning, 651-228-1316. Very good. All right, speaking of the phone, let's go to the phone. John in Stillwater has been uh, waiting to ask you a question. Thank you, John. What's your question for Dan? Uh, yes, good morning. Good morning. My, my question is, uh, I have a 2012 Ford Escape with about 60,000 miles on it. On the dashboard, in the lower left-hand corner, every once in a while I keep getting a flashing red, it uh, looks like a padlock on there or something like that, and I was wondering what that means. Well, I'm going to refer you to your owner's manual. You'll find it there. But a flashing red padlock, I would think it has something to do with the with the security system. Uh, do you ever have any trouble starting it or anything like that? Or, or no. Do you, do you have any symptoms? You just see the flashing red light. Correct. And yeah. then it disappears for a while, then it comes back on again, and that's yeah. about it. I'm not. I'm not. If you could, I mean, like I say, I would actually, if you were at my shop. I would open up your owner's manual and see what that light is. Because okay. right off the top of my head, I, I'm not sure. But once I knew what the light was, then I could uh, could give you some more information about about what to do about it if it's a concern. Uh, but 
Generally speaking, if you have a flashing red light, that's uh, you know usually significant that yeah. the, the manufacturer makes it red for a reason and, and wants to get your attention. So uh, I think I would encourage you to go look that up and find out exactly what it's about and uh, and you know get some more information about it and, and see if it's safe to drive like that. It's a good idea. Yeah. Good luck, John. Thank you. Uh, Tim and Crystal has a question for you. Tim, you're on with Dan. Hey, good morning, guys. Morning. Hey, I got a uh, 2003 Ford F-150, and uh, about a week ago, it's kind of a funny story, I was doing some practice driving with my son over in a parking lot at a, at a school, and he was commenting on how my brakes were soft, and I said, well, you kind of got to get used to it, kiddo, and, and uh, while I was sitting there, I noticed my air conditioning uh, wasn't blowing real, real hard, and I thought, well, that's new, and so the funny part of the story is, uh, apparently my a brake line went out right when my kid was practicing driving. Uh, I went to get in, and the brakes went all the way to the floor. And at any rate, I did a brake line. But so since since that time, uh, all week uh, my air conditioning has kind of been blowing blowing cold, and then won't blow at all. Blowing cold, won't blow at all. Well, yesterday I I uh, thought I'd go and get some Freon, and on the way there. Uh, my car wouldn't start, so I I did an alternator and a battery, and now my air conditioning is working perfect. Is there any link between those two things? Well, sure. There, I mean, you know, obviously the the whole uh, control side of the air conditioning is run by uh, battery power. You know, the, I mean that that's where all the the information, the fan, the relays, the circuitry, all of that. You know, it needs it needs electrical power for all of that to work. But I also I I wonder uh, if the car actually started. It seems to me there'd be enough power to run the air conditioning system with the battery power. But you know I never uh, never never argue with a problem that fixes itself um, by accident. And and if if it's working good now, uh, you know there, sometimes there's just no reasonable explanation. Like why would low battery voltage cause it to, to cut in and out like that? But apparently it did. And, uh, and I guess no more need to talk about it. I think if it's working fine, I would leave it at that and, yeah. and, uh, and it'll be good. But yeah, certainly the air conditioning system needs battery power to operate. Okay. Thank you, Dan. Uh, Tim, Dan is next in the Hudson for uh, another Dan. Go ahead, Dan. Dan's listening. Yeah, thank you for taking the call. Great mm-hmm. show. Thank you. Um, I have a 2007 BMW X3 with 125,000 miles on it. And periodically, when I get up to cruising speed, the car will just start hesitating. And I won't be able to accelerate any any further. Um, it doesn't happen all the time, but I would say, you know, maybe once every few weeks, I'll have this issue. Can you give me an idea what might be going on? Well, uh, uh, is your check engine light on or has it been on? Uh, the check engine light on the dash? Sometimes I may have seen that come on. Yeah. So that's that's where we're going to start is, well, first of all, uh, no, I don't. Uh, what you're describing is not like, oh, a common problem. I see that all the time in BMW. So uh, I don't have a quick answer for you. But the uh, the right answer and the good answer is that if you uh, because the check engine light has been on, it's probably related to the symptoms that you're experiencing. 
And if you bring it into your shop and ha- ask them to to diagnose this for you, that's where they're going to start. Start. They're going to scan your computer uh, for codes. There, w- sh- because the light's been on, there should be codes stored in there. And there's a component on your car that's not working right, and that's what's causing these symptoms. And uh, they just need to figure out which component it is and, and get after it. And and the diagnostic code. Uh, is the place to start, and that's going to give them the information that they need to uh, have an idea about what's going on here. So you, we, I don't have a quick answer for you, but but the quick answer is just around the corner if you go get the information out of the car. Speaking of which, uh, you talked about uh, lights, uh, like a check engine light. And I don't know if many cars have this same deal, but when there is a check engine light and it's solid is one thing. But if it's flashing, did you say that's... That's a, yeah, could that, be a bigger problem. That's a greater concern because you know the car, it, it, the car is misfire, and if the car is actually misfiring, then there's a chance that raw gas is being uh, run into your catalytic converter, and the catalytic converter won't stop until it overheats, and it'll actually overheat and melt down, mm. and it will damage the catalytic converter. And so the manufacturer made it that way that if you have a misfire, the check engine light will flash. And you should not drive it very far okay. like that. So if the check engine light's flashing, you should, uh, well, they tell you to stop and have it towed. But uh, I guess I would tell you, you know, stop and bring it right to your shop because uh, because damage can happen. Okay. Very good. We have to take a quick break. We have more show to come. If you have a car care question for Dan, phone it in at 651-989-9226. And we're going to, when we come back, pick up on some text messages, Dan, uh, 81807. If you want to send Dan a text, 81807. And welcome back to CCO's Car Care Show. Dan Burns in studio, ASE certified technician at Lloyd's, helping you out. Dan, we have callers and we have texters. Let's see if we can't uh, help them out before you take your leave today. Uh, Who has been waiting? Bob is calling from Maple uh, Grove, I believe. Bob, go ahead. You're on with Dan. Hey, guys. How you doing? Good. Say, um, I have a 2002 uh, Dodge Grand Caravan, and uh, it runs really good. The only problem I have is when I'm driving, sometimes the airbag light will come on on the driver's side, and uh, it stays on for a while, then goes away, stays on for a while, goes away. Um, I've read some things on YouTube uh, about, uh, you know, cleaning the connections under there, but I looked under the seat, and there's a bunch of stuff under there. Um, How big of a deal is that to take into a shop and have them, uh, you know, spray some electronic connector stuff in there or whatever? Well, that's actually probably not what it is. Most commonly, uh, the airbag system, of course, for safety purposes, is very sophisticated, and it has crash sensors out in front of the uh, grill. You know, in in case you were in a crash and and uh, and it got into that sensor. And on that particular vehicle, it's very common for that for the connector on that sensor to go bad. And the connector usually the sensor and the connector usually have to be repair or replaced. But at any rate, uh, to answer your question, it's it's pretty simple. To di- it, actually, it's very simple to diagnose that. Uh, it'll be clear what's wrong with it, but you are going to have to bring it into your shop so that they can hook it up to their computer and get the information out of it. There'll be a code st- stored for sure, 
Uh, if it's a crash sensor, they'll know exactly where to go. The other thing that's kind of common is the uh, there's a, the car, of course, needs to know if the seat belt is connected or not. And uh, if the uh, there's a sensor, of course, in that seat belt receiver also, and they fail from time to time. But most likely it's a crash sensor out in front, and, and uh, if you get some help, it'll be uh, a quick fix, an easy fix, and not very expensive. Well, that's good to know. Good. There you go, Bob. <laughs> Uh, let's see who's next. Darlene is calling from Forest Lake with a question. Darlene, you're on CCO with Dan. Hi there, Dan and, and guys, and thanks for taking my call. Sure. Say, my sister and I, it, this is really a strange thing. My sister and I were going on a road trip to Kansas City here about a week ago, and we stopped in, and she's got a 2009 Subaru, and we stopped at a come-and-go filling station to fill up with gas in Des Moines. And we put the, the nozzle in the tank, and all of a sudden, gas is just spewing out of the tank. And we thought we had a hole in the gas tank, except nothing was really leaking. I mean, we still had a quarter of a tank of gas in there. So we took it over to a, uh, to a place, and they were going to do some diagnostics on it. In the meantime, I had called a Subaru dealer here in Minnesota, and he said to me, well, sometimes a filling station will have a shorter nozzle on the hose or on the, on the thing that you put in, and, uh, and it won't go to the second flapper. And we thought, well, that's strange. So we did take it over to another filling station, and sure enough, if that was what it was. Now, I've never heard of that before, have a filling station having a shorter nozzle to their gas pumps. Have you? I, well, I've not heard of that, but although I have heard, and I think this is probably more likely what was what was the deal is, you know, those nozzles have that uh, a spring thing on them, and I think more likely that spring thing had slipped down and did not allow you to get the uh, to get the nozzle in as far as it needs to go. But at any rate, good news is you probably don't have anything to worry about. I think the gas station has something to worry uh-huh. about, and. And uh, and I think that's good information for us to share for you know with everybody. If something like that happens, uh, it's not always the car that's the problem. Ah. Uh, you know, it, it it could be something else that's going on. So yeah, thanks for that call. That's, yeah, that's good information. Interesting. See, I don't want to forget Dan the textures either. Uh, let's pick up one here. A 2005 Corolla belt tensioner bolt sheared off. Replaced the bolt. Ran engine for five minutes and checked. One idler pulley was very hot. Does this mean the bearing is going out? Yes, it does. It does. Yeah, and that's why it sheared off too. Ah. So, yeah, that's that stuff's all related. And and uh, you know, if, if one if one of them's getting very hot, then something's slipping, and that's not good. I don't know how long it's been, Dan, since we have a uh, a carbureted car question. Are you ready for this? Yeah, nineteen fifty nine Chevy Biscayne, uh, four barrel V eight. Engine constantly revving between 1,200 and 1,500 RPM when idling warm. Vacuum advance issue, could it be, or a carburetor problem? It could be either. And, you know, the first thing we would try and do is is turn the idle down with the carburetor and see if that's possible. Uh, But, you know, there's a whole... (laughs) Unfortunately, I'm very familiar with that carburetor, so, (laughs) yeah, I know a lot about that, but... but, uh, uh, probably not the vacuum advance so much, uh, but more likely the uh, the car- something's going on with the carburetor. Carburetor, you think at yeah. this point? Yeah. Okay, <laughs> very good. A 1959 Biscayne. How about that? Yeah. 
Uh, Jerry's calling from Roseville. Uh, Jerry, you're on with Dan. Yeah, Dan. You talked about the small freon leaks you can't detect. Mm-hmm. What about the electronic freon detector? Well, I've had I I actually don't even use one anymore because they're they're. Uh, First of all, if it's that slow of a leak, it, that also, uh, you know, that won't find it either. Sometimes the Freon detectors, the electronic ones, are handy, like if it's the evaporator, if it's inside the heater box, and I can get the end of it uh, inside the heater box where it's a confined area. But the electronic detectors, oftentimes, you know, there's so much breeze blowing around the shop and, and so forth that it gets distorted right away, and, and I've not had good luck with those uh Finding a leak from me for me, so uh, quite frankly, we don't we don't even use them anymore. Hmm. Okay, so. interesting. Thanks, Jerry. I think we have time for one more call. Nancy is calling from, I believe, Edina. Nancy, you're on with Dan on CCO. Hi, guys. Thanks for taking the call, Dan. This isn't so much an issue anymore for me, but I wanted to alert people that it could be for them. I have a new uh, BMW X1, and lately it's been intermittently, uh, the alarm goes off, the security alarm when I walk away from it, when I've locked the car, was driving me crazy. So I took it into BMW, they put it up on the hoist. I happened to tell them I got a new phone, and what they sold me was the hum attachment that they put on the steering column, (laughs) and that's for, you know, detecting issues. Well, I don't really need that because my car is built to do that. They took it off. Everything was fine. But it's just a kind of an alert for other people that they don't really need it if their car has all those built-in, uh, you know, equipment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's uh, that's something that we we run into quite often, do actually, you? where people will come in and say, intermittently, my car alarm is going off. And, of course, sitting at the shop, it's under way different conditions. Yeah, that's and, right, and, yeah. You know, it never happens, but on those cars that have very sensitive alarms like BMW, uh, you know, a, a vibration that's going on from an air conditioning system in the area or something. Set and, that know, Yeah, they, I mean, if they're very sensitive, stuff like that can set them off, and and so beware of that. All right. Yeah. Interesting, no, that's, Nancy. That, that's a good call. Thank you for that. Thanks, Nancy. Appreciate that. Dan, uh, we have to run. Make way for Jack Farrell. What do you say? How about how do we get in touch with you guys at Lloyd's? Well, give us a call. We're at 651 228 one three one six. You can find us on the web at LloydsAutomotive.net, L-L-O-I-D-S, LloydsAutomotive.net, or come on over, 982 Grand Avenue, right between Lexington and Victoria. Good deal. Sounds we'll good. talk to you next week. Sounds good. All right. Thanks, Dan. Dan Burns from Lloyd's Automotive. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.